we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to a great episode of Dungeon Crawlers. That's right. I'm going to say it's great because we're back. Alton's back. Krebs is here. I'm here. It's going to be a great show. Even though the last couple of shows have been good, it's going to be great because all of us are back. We've got some great topics to talk about. And most importantly, we're going to have fun doing it. We may be talking about some difficult situ- you know, topics. We may be talking about stuff that you are just not happy to hear about or cr- is cringeworthy to you, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about topics, discuss our opinions, and you then run with those. If you hate them, that's okay. You can hate us. You can hate those topics. You can hate those opinions. You have your own opinions, and that's what's awesome. Or you can agree with us and like it, and that's great. Or you could just shake your head, go play a video game, or go watch a movie, and just ignore what we've said. But preferably, you come back next week. So, with that said, we've got some great topics. Um, We're going to be talking about some Star Wars forthcoming video games. We're going to be talking about Disney's... uh, possible reboot of firefly well i mean it's more than possible uh the the keys and the genies at disneyland and star cruiser you know the star wars star cruiser uh i know we've kind of mentioned it here and there uh for the last little while so we'll talk about that so with that said we're here we're excited let's begin so stoked for all of this yeah, me too. It's it's been a while. I'm I'm glad to be back with all you guys. And you know, the a lot of the things, you know, full disclosure to the people out there, like this was a list that we put together a few weeks ago, and then all of us just had things come up one at a time. In fact, but, the night we were going to do this was the night everything went wrong. <laughs> Literally, it was all my fault. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm glad that you finally owned up to it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah please if you would be so kind don't let the power go out again yep you know my <laughs> my ginger powers were on the fritz that night uh, <laughs> pedal harder pedal harder pedal harder you know i had you know it's just a bad day you know the storm came in because i was just having a crappy day power went out i didn't record anything yeah <laughs> but here's the big question is yes did you recover with any Knights of the Old Republic, because that, in fact, may be an opportunity in HD in the future. What? You know, Is that I'm a really transition good. I heard? Uh, I, I am hopefully optimistic and terrified all at the same time with this game. So yeah. to catch people up, there was an announcement that uh, PlayStation 5 would see a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. This is something that Star Wars fans have wanted ever since we exited the first generation of Xbox. So we're talking about the early 2000s, end of life for Xbox, right? And mm-hmm. the, we, we moved into PlayStation 3, we moved into Xbox 360. And from that generation forward, the only thing I've ever heard from any fan who has played this game is that they want a, a, a quote unquote next generation reboot of this franchise, of this video game title. And it has sat dormant. I mean, like you could buy it on Steam. It's been in Humble Bundle. Ooh. It has been all over the place. It has, it's gone through some ports. There it's, is, a, you can buy it on Nintendo Switch right now. Yeah. Switch yeah, has it, it as finally a port. Got, it finally got properly ported and upgraded to be able to run on Xbox One. 
because <laughs> I, I i'll have you all know i've bought Codor multiple times including a hard disk for my 360 because it said that it was backward compatible but it always froze at Tatooine and it turns out that was a system-wide error and yeah. darn it if that isn't frustrating I still right? have my original Xbox just so I can play that game I yeah. also bought it on my iPad I also have it on my Switch uh, it had- it's a great game and uh, you know my previous show name came from that game that's right that's right. For all the people who might be newer to the show, uh, it might be lesser known that Daniel used to go by the on-air name Revan. Yeah. After Darth Revan from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, and uh, my co- co-host at the time, his name was Malik. So we were the Dark Lords of the Airwaves, uh, which worked really well. Um, and now you're just gray. No, yeah, I'm just a great. No, he's just red. <laughs> I'm just a gray Jedi now. I'm stuck in the middle. Um, so it's a great game. Had a great story. Um, it, because of that game, I that's where I really fell in love with Mandalorians. Um, mm-hmm. because of the Mandalorian War, and that's where we got a lot more about this mythic race that we really hadn't got a lot of you know we saw boba fett and we knew he was a mandalorian but not much more so it was really cool to see that revan is an amazing character um his motive you know as, as you learn more about him his motivations as to why he goes to the dark side you know he defies the council to go fight the mandalorians because he sees that they're a bigger threat than the jedi council really sees and causes this schism and then learns of another outlying threat that no one is aware of so he turns and falls to the dark side so that he can use that power that ability to find the star forge to combat this outlying darkness that's supposed to come um spoilers darth well, revan you know, turns to the dark side what honestly <sighs> it starts the game starts off these darth revan come on uh <laughs> But yes, everybody out there, if you have not played this, you you either, I really think that you just should play it. You can watch playthroughs and things like that or get story summaries, but holy cow, it is so much more fun when you're playing your way through and making the decisions. And and uh, this was, uh, it was originally done by BioWare, right? Yep. I'm trying to remember. And, and so like, these are the guys that went on to do great things in branching storytelling and video games. Yeah. And this is the grandpappy that really gave them the oomph and the expertise to be able to build better games down the line. I'm going to put this caveat out there. It was July 15th of 2003 when the first one came out. So if you haven't heard of this or anything like that, I don't care. It's been almost 20 years. It's been almost 20 years. And there is, uh, as far as we know at this point, there is no concrete release date except they are aiming to release this year. I wouldn't be, what's that? Now been pushed. Oh, did it get pushed? So it's to be put, I I guarantee you what they're probably going to do. 20th? Is the 20th anniversary. That makes the most sense. Yeah, I just, I just looked it up and yeah, it's, it's slated for a 2023 release. Because it still shows up on a lot of 2022 top 10 look forward to titles. But uh, I would not be surprised if it went to 2023, not just for the 20th anniversary, but also just to make sure we do it justice. Um, the the Switch port. So the, the thing about a remake is it's not a port. A remake is not a port. 
a port is the, the code already exists, the game already exists. We are simply translating that as best we can into whatever language or native code we need for a new platform that did not exist at the time. So it's been ported from, from PC and Xbox. It got ported to Xbox 360. It got ported to um, uh, Switch in recent history. It got ported to iPad and to Android devices, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but what, one I, as well. mm-hmm. what, I've, what I've heard repeatedly from anyone who has played a port of Knights of the Old Republic is none of the ports work as well as the original game on PC or Xbox. Mm-hmm. There's always like some bug. There's always some shortcoming. There's always like the, the, the beauty of the Switch is that you can take these modern AAA titles on the go, except I was being told by someone who played it on Switch that there were like certain bugs and, and certain failures, similar to what you were describing with uh, 360 and Tatooine. Uh, there's just, there are a lot of failings in the port. And part of that is that the game is so enormous in its scope that when you do a port, it's it's almost impossible to know if you've accidentally generated a new bug or brought an old bug over with you, et cetera, et cetera. So this new one is not going to be a port. It's going to be a from the ground up remake where they're honoring the original source material, but they're writing it all new with new assets and new code. Uh, This is going to be for all the people that have been waiting the last two decades for this game to make an appearance in a respectable manner on a next-gen console, they're finally going to get their wish. And it's going to be built from the ground up anew. And that Mm -hmm. also means that there's opportunity for them to add new Easter eggs, add new tie-ins to recently established canon and so on right so there's lots of uh, there are many reasons to be excited about this reboot but that's not the only star wars game that has been announced that is not the only star wars game that has been announced in recent history there is another you know to to fall in line with all of like the arena and uh massively pvp type games uh now we have star wars hunters star wars mm-hmm. hunters feels very much as if uh fortnite and league of legends and star wars uh made a clone army and you will have an opportunity to play one of several champions with disparate abilities as you go to fight in an enclosed arena where the external world is encroaching on your battle area and you must eliminate your enemies before you are swallowed up in what I'm sure will not be called the storm. So, yeah. Have you guys seen trailers or any of the advertising for Hunters? For Hunters, yeah. no, but for Eclipse, yes. We're going to get to Eclipse. Oh, man, yeah. Don't get me going on Eclipse. We're going to get to Eclipse. Once we get there, I, let, let's talk going. Hunters for a second. Just, so, just talk Hunters for a second. Yeah, so with Hunters, I was very, very skeptical at first, especially when I saw some of the first teasers and things like that. It looked super cartoony and like it was trying too hard and trying to be funny. But as time has gone on and I've seen more and more coming out, more actual play things and behind the scenes stuff, I actually, this might be the game that gets me to start to play these kinds of games. Yeah. Um, it, it, it actually looks like they're taking time to make a game of it and let it be balanced and let it be fun instead of just trying to be, I don't know, a Timmy pleasing 
you know, fan something or other. I don't know how to really explain that feeling. But but if you haven't, go watch the trailer and you'll see what I'm talking about. At the beginning, it looks like it's just going to be a little cartoony and over the top. But as time has gone on, I think that they're leaning into the comedic nonsense of it while still allowing it to be a real game with solid guts and that that still in the end in many ways does still feel star warsy which is exciting to me it's not a big epic tale that's in, supposed to enrapture you for decades but it's enchanting in its own way well it's it's interesting because not on any it, it's only for nintendo switch ios and android that mm-hmm. surprised me too now oh, I think let me let me make this prediction just really fast. I predict yeah. it will not stay that way, uh, depending on its success. If it ends up being a very successful competitive PvP game, mm-hmm. I suspect within one to two years, I, I would look at this almost like a timed exclusive, if you will, or mm-hmm. timed exclusion, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. where it's going to be on these three platforms to start. And then if it's a screaming success, then within two years or less. It's going to, within one year, it'll be announced that it's coming to Xbox and PlayStation. And then within that second year, it'll actually drop. Yeah, I, I, I very much agree with that. And I also think that there's a strategy play that's happening in the industry here, especially since the Disney license finally shook loose from EA. It feels like all of the companies that have been taking on projects have chosen a singular thing that EA said was just the way it was and is trying to <laughs> challenge it. And we'll get to Eclipse when we get there, of course. But for Hunters, I feel that the trap that EA perpetually fell into with Star Wars games was that it had to be loot boxy, gotcha style mechanics. It could not be deep. It could not be competitive because the mobile market just isn't ready for that yet. People don't want to play real games on their phones and portable devices. That's not what they're for. And I think that this is a challenge to that that still has the mobile-friendly veneer to get more casual gamers in while providing enough depth and hopefully enough strategy for it to be a compelling game. I I really, really hope that it challenges the paradigm around what a mobily accessible game can be. Um, But that also brings us to the next thing that I think people are challenging from EA and uh, you remember that time when single player story-driven campaigns were dead and, and the audience just absolutely did not want that, despite the fact that fans had been working on an Unreal Engine KOTOR reboot for multiple years at that point with huge amounts of support that has now been, you know, gobbled up and theoretically integrated into this forthcoming thing. I think there's another thing we got to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. oh man, the darkness is coming and Eclipse is showing me the way, oh, baby. Oh my gosh. Star oh. Wars Eclipse was the video game no one knew was coming and nobody knew they needed. And then as soon as they saw the trailer, they're like, this is the way, Yeah, right? Like, uh, first of all, it's being made by studio Quantic Dream. Do you guys know who that is? Because no, I do. Krebs, please tell us. Have you ever heard of a game called Heavy Rain? You ever heard of a game called Detroit Become Human? You ever heard of a game called Indigo Prophecy? All of these games 
if you, and this is me putting the facetiousness aside, if you haven't heard of any one of these games, Detroit Become Human won so many Game of the Year awards and so many awards in general. But if you haven't heard of these games, go check them out. The core of Quantic Dream, and I mean this sincerely, this is not hyperbole. The core of Quantic Dream is that they are the best at creating moral dichotomy that you have to choose as a player, you must make a choice. And sometimes based on who you are as a person, maybe some of those choices are easy, but most of the time they are not. They are not cut and dry. They are many shades of gray, maybe not 50 of them, but shades nonetheless. And nonetheless, and, and the point that the, is that every decision you make has real in-game consequences, has real story consequences. They are absolutely the best even better than oh what was the studio that made walking dead and wolf uh the wolf among us what studio was that? i've got to look it up really quick oh, um yeah. they they uh they were recently destroyed and then resurrected so they've gone through quite a bit of drama themselves um mm -hmm. it's the uh oh i know this one too i know this one uh Anyway, I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, but it is Telltale Games. That's it. That's it. Telltale yeah. Games. Telltale Games is second in this regard only to Quantic Dream. Quantic mm -hmm. Dream is the best. Telltale is a close second. But I have never been so emotionally impacted by choice in a game as I was by anything that Quantic Dream has done. And now they are making an original, deep, dark Star Wars game. And it's not just dark side. What I mean by dark is it's going to deal with heavy topics and yeah. difficult decisions, not just the Disney rainbow of good versus evil, but actual moral quandary. And I love the heck out of it. And to back Krebs up on what he's saying about Quantic Dreams, and especially in their relationship to Telltale, one of the things that I think helps to make their games really, really good is the storytelling and the mechanics of how you are interacting with the game itself are beautifully and very carefully intertwined. Telltale games, especially before their rebirth, started to become kind of the butt of a lot of jokes because even though their story was good, their mechanics were so quick timey and interrupting what was going on that it was difficult to be simultaneously engaged in the game and the story. Yes. And so anybody who's telling you the story of a Telltale game, you're going to find things that you absolutely love. But when you go to sit down to play it, sometimes it's executed well, sometimes it's not. But Quantic Dream that I, I, I've not seen a design document or anything like that, but I am absolutely confident that that is one of their design ethoses is to say something to the effect of if you've got a cool story, find a cool way to tell it. And you've got, and if you've got a cool way to tell something, you need to find a story that matches its magnificence, right? <laughs> this idea yes. that you cannot treat all of these things, even if they're being developed in parallel as separate entities they have to combine into something more meaningful and frankly that was one of the things that made Kodor mag magical to begin with Absolutely. is that even though there were a lot of uh, even clunky things that i think we could see a lot of improvement on it always felt like 
the decisions that we were making, the way that we interacted in dialogue and the way that we progressed through the story affected what we were doing, where we were going and how we progressed. An excellent level up system. And uh, and all of the trailers and the accidental leak of some of the pre-alpha stuff that looks way better than a pre-alpha really should. <laughs> uh, I, I cannot understate as the person who normally has to warn everybody else away from pre-orders and things, I gotta be honest, I'm going to have a hard time not springing. Yeah, you know, I, I a million percent agree with that because I'm also in, in the camp of, I will pre-order a game if it's an IP I know and love. I will pre-order a game if it is from a studio I trust. But outside of that, it, I usually won't pre-order a game until I've seen how it actually does in the wild. This is this game being made by Quantic Dream because I know the studio the way that I do from just their previous bodies of work. I am a hundred percent convinced that they are with the force and the forces with them. They they on their website if you go to their website and check this out they make certain promises if you've played video games for more than 10 years you will have heard these promises from various studios and various titles over and over again but i promise you it means something different when this studio says it they're like we have a tapestry of interlaced destiny so you have like interweaving storylines and you have choices that matter right and there's morality involved compose an original star wars story most of the time when people when uh, people when studios say this as an advertising bid it means that they've created a world in which there are two or three or maybe even four tracks that you can take your character down but that's really it you're still on the story rails the narrative rails as it were but if quantic dream says that you're going to build an original star wars story that you're going to have a tapestry of interlaced destinies they genuinely mean it and they're going to put together an engine that is going to take at least the feeling of the rails off and you're going to have this experience, not just a game, but an experience, right? So big, big shout out, if you couldn't already tell, to how Quantic Dream develops their stories and their games. I, I absolutely believe that this is going to be game of the year material, and we haven't even seen any gameplay yet. And so that's, I realize what I'm saying. I realize when I'm saying it, I am sticking to my guns on this one. And we will keep you updated as we see more things and as we get closer. I think that that will end up being a Dungeon Crawlers episode of Buy or Fly. You know, we will we will give you our best recommendations. And if by any miracle of the force we are somehow able to play it in advance or speak to someone who's played in advance, oh, you better believe it. We are going to tell you everything that we can. And did you know that I have a streaming channel, a channel that we could definitely use to stream original gameplay and first try uh, reactions? Interesting. We should promo that at some future point. At some point when it matters. At some point when it matters. Maybe some other time. But, <laughs> you know, you not everything. Another Sorry, Star Wars. I'm just surprised you've left out another Star Wars game. That's no, I haven't. I just haven't gotten there yet. Oh, which one? Jedi Fallen Order 2. Okay, that's the one I was going to ask about. Yeah, you yeah. see, when, when we first came up with this list a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, yeah. there really wasn't any news. I know. This. But now there has been at least some news and not all of it's official, mind you. A lot of it is still, you know, sort of like the, uh, 
the black market, the Moss Eisley of rumor mills. Well, maybe more like Moss Espa. But the point is, uh, Jedi Knight Fallen Order 2, which is how people are referring to it, there is no official title yet, mm -hmm. is, uh, is absolutely coming from the same studio that built Jedi yep. Fallen Order 1. And I don't know about you guys. Actually, maybe I do know about you guys. But Jedi Fallen Order... <laughs> was probably the best Star Wars game in the last, what, 10, 15 years? I would say last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, all we've gotten is EA games. Um, yep. And this one was as close to open world as we've gotten. Um, it Excellent was narrative. Great narrative. Um, you know, Cal genuine. was a great character. And, and oh, Cal a lot of genuine moments in that. I mm. mean... There's nothing more terrifying than the ending of that, that game. Yeah, and actually, you know what? It's been long enough. I, I will say spoilers at this point. Yeah. If you haven't played it, you've done yourself a disservice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel, what was your reaction when the yeah. big bad dropped? So, okay. <clears throat> Playing the game, you know, you, I, I, I defeated the, the night sister, or the, the sister. I can't remember which number she was. And I'm just thinking, oh, wow, that's the end. Okay, that was kind of disappointing. And then I hear, you know, the, the breathing, yes. the, the terrifying breathing that marks Darth Vader. And I'm like, no, they're not pitting me against him. No, no, no. Like, I really was had fallen in love and genuinely liked this character. I, I really liked <laughs> And then, you know, hearing that, I'm like, they're gonna kill me. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Every Jedi dies pretty much by Vader. That's his point. That is his mission is to eradicate the Jedi. And then I'm like, how am I going to, to fight and defeat Vader? And they handled it beautifully by making you turn tail and run for yes. your life. Uh, and even then it's not easy. I mean, Vader is ripping up the walkways and twisting and turning them. It is it and it was so enjoyable. It was, it was, it, what I loved about it was there was a genuine sense of dread that there was the fanboy surprise, just yeah. like very similar, very similar for me, as was the ending of Rogue One, right? Mm -hmm. That, that similar sense of dread and that moment of, oh no, that was not part of the plan. That was not part of the equation. And, and there was that excitement that Vader was there. But then you're right, like, you know, you're the target and there is no way that this character that you've been leveling up slowly in the in the badlands of the universe is ready to fight Vader at all. And you can try. I, I want you to know I went after him the first time and I learned my lesson real quick, but they wow, also, I never even tried that. I didn't know oh, you that was an option. You, you can, can go yeah. right after him. He will utterly obliterate. Yeah, I, I just like I turned tail and ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the AI that he gave that they gave him was beautiful. It was it was needed. It was, now I need to go play that just for that experience. And again, like fighting him in that briefest of moments reminded me of Rogue One Vader as opposed to a New Hope Vader, right? Um, you turn tail, you run, and they don't deus ex machina the whole sequence either. Like you really have to play yeah. in order to survive. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that about it. So that, so that was Jedi Fallen Order and Cal Kestis survives. He gets away. Uh, and he's a beautifully well-developed character. I am so grateful that the powers that be decided it deserves a second title. It deserves a second 
yeah. you know, it deserves a sequel. And there is even talk now, this is unofficial, and I usually don't buy into unofficial stuff. I usually wait for the studio to tell us what's what. Right now, there have been some uh, fan blogs that are deep in the uh, in the Bothan information exchange business. And uh, they're saying it comes out fall of this year. Now, yeah, now I, I'm seeing fall this year, maybe early next year, but the trailer for the game should hit as soon as May. And there is May the 4th. May, May the 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a major PlayStation event coming up soon with some announcements attached to it. Uh, there's not a date set for that, but it's understood in the community that this is coming. So there may be some teaser in there, maybe not with release date, but at least some confirmation that it's coming. And I do agree that May the 4th is going to be the juiciest of, of info drops. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a lot um, with, uh, you know, Eclipse. We'll probably see more. We'll probably see this. Uh, the exciting stuff is even, you know, the the Disney Plus series that will be dropping here shortly, which we're, we're not going to have a chance to talk about tonight, but maybe that's no, another yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Book of Boba is already out now. And, uh, you know, I know some people are against it. Some people are loving it. Um, you know, well, that's I, another episode of Dungeon. You know, we have some, we, we have some Whoa. opinions about that, but we'll talk about that in another episode, so, which is, yeah, which please. is, coming soon guys and we've and we've got to you know stay on the schedule and stick to the thing because it's not just the wild west out here no what's that was that a transition that was a great transition so disney uh you know announced that they will be rebooting the firefly series which means we may get more than one season <laughs> oh uh, maybe a novel maybe. idea but however um it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds, you know, uh, with the events uh, that have been transpiring um, out on the interwebs. Uh, you know, Josh Whedon, Josh, Josh, Whedon, Josh. Josh Whedon will more than likely not be a part of this, um, you know, especially with this you know, new thing where he's instead of he, he's lashing out. Uh, it's just it's, it's weird, um, which is too bad because, I mean, this is a person that came up with a very visionary concept and created a great series that unfortunately Fox totally mishandled. Yes. Um, And it has survived on its own merits and credit, despite what Fox did to it. Um, So much so that we did get a movie out of it. We got Serenity. We had a great cast, you know, Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk, uh, Adam Baldwin and and more. Um, And more. Summer Glau. Yeah, Summer Glau, uh, Ron Glass, Jewel State, uh, Sean Mayer. Uh, I, I think that's his name. Anyways. Yeah, just, just a phenomenal group. Yeah. Now, this is my worry with any reboot is can they capture the same lightning in a bottle, the same magic in that reboot? Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, I've seen it happen. Some cases, it's, it's, it's failed miserably um you know and and going in this i i think it's going to have the same problem that we had with solo you know nathan fillion is malcolm reynolds was beautiful you know it's like trying you know and we have harrison ford as han solo and then what do we do when we bring in a new malcolm and he's not the same just like we had uh, with the guy that played a, a younger Han Solo. Um, 
so I do worry that it's not going to have the same magic. But, you know, if they bring in the right writers, like we've seen with Mandalorian, um, even though that's not a reboot, it's still using a franchise that struggled the last few movies. I, they can make it happen with the right people at the helm, creating the right stories, t- giving the franchise what it needs to survive, but, but not making it so drastically different that it's pretty much thumbing its noses at, yeah. at the fans. I, I very much think that this is going to be kind of like, in some ways, this will be our Firefly the Next Generation uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, some of which you've already listed. Joss Whedon is not involved in this, as far as I know at all, not even as like a consultant. Yeah. He's embroiled in some political stuff that Disney is well known for uh, excising from their midst. So, yeah. So even no matter how that shakes out, he's not involved at this point. Second is you've got a cast that has aged you know, what, 15 years since this thing came out the first time? Um, and almost 20. Almost 20 now, huh? Say, yeah. And and huge story problems oh, that would have to be weirdly resolved. Yeah. And, and yet you're right. It was first released in 2002. So if we take that as, as, as the starting point, then it's been 20 years. So the, at this point, they're going to be required not only to have a new cast, but you're probably in a situation where you're going to have to have new characters and you'll probably have some of the same archetypes to a certain degree. Uh, one of the things that made Firefly so intriguing was the river conundrum. Yeah. Uh, you know, river is a super weapon, a supercomputer, and a human somehow all wrapped up into one. Yeah. And is that something that will continue? Is that something they'll springboard off of? Does this become sort of like the new clone wars? It, there's a lot of questions involved. The other thing is that Disney it, while it owns things like Touchstone Pictures and and uh, some other uh, studios well, that wow. do, <laughs> yeah, they, they they own a lot of studios, many of which do some more, shall we say, mature content. Yeah. Uh, but Disney, if they're going to put their name on it, and if they're going to have it on Disney Plus, there are certain, you know, reinings in that occur, even on Boba, even on uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, where there is violence, there isn't really a lot of blood yeah there's very very so, little yeah and, and you know that, that does bring up a couple of good points um i mean there's a there's a couple options i could do and, and this you know if they want to bring back the original cast the best option in my opinion is all right let's go 20 years down the road at you know let's let's fast forward this after serenity and we and we have new stories they're still out in the black they're still flying around they're still trying to to do what they can you know um, but then we lose a few characters, you know, we're not going to have wash because we, well, we know what happens to wash, you know, he, he's a leaf in the wind. Um, you know, and, but that is a possibility, but if they want to do a straight up reboot, yeah, they're going to have to do a new cast. Yeah. And yeah. if it is on Disney plus, it's going to be more family friendly. Not that it wasn't originally family friendly, but you know, we're definitely not going to see well, stranded butt naked on a planet where yeah and you know inara is very clearly an escort you know she's a companion and they had some pg-13 i would say pg-16 moments there um things like that are definitely going to be scaled back or only alluded to if you know this with this on disney plus but as as a brown coat myself as someone who's a fan of the show 
Um, I am cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah. It, if they go forward with this and it looks like they are, I want them to do it in such a way that they succeed. I want this to be a John Favreau, Dave Filoni collaborative type thing where they do the series justice and they also pay fan service without being heavy handed while making new stories in the same universe. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is an IP that survived on its own, you know, despite Fox's failure. Yes. Uh, and if yes. they could give it justice, I mean, Browncoats and uh, Lovers of Firefly, this is a pretty big segment yeah. of the population. And if they can do this justice and they do it right, man, they've got some potential here. And I think that's the reason they're doing this. You know, um, it just like Star Wars, it's a giant sandbox that they could have fun in. And there's a lot of potential here, but it has to be done right. And you know, what's interesting is that this is Disney and Disney has all the money in the world, but this time they're going to have to inject some magic. And even though they're the ones with all the genies, it seems that lately Disney's been losing some of their magic. Oh man, that's where you're parking it? Huh? It's yep. a punt. Was that a trend? It's okay. No. Every, comedy <laughs> comes in threes, but I got to call it somewhere. Guys. You know, sometimes when I go to the park, I lose my keys all the time. So who knows? And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> we're not going to spend a ton of time on point three because holy cow, is it developing at a mile a minute? But uh, you know how like back in the day you would pay for a season pass to your favorite uh, West Coast fantasy theme park. Evermore? And, uh, oh, sorry, uh, go on. West Coast, West Coast. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I just went westerly. And, it, and, it, and it, back then you didn't have to worry if it was a high volume day or not. And, yeah. You know, it was, it was it, the same fee no and, matter what. And, and it was like you show up and you show your pass and they let you in and that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, there had already been rumors in the works for some amount of time leading up to 2019, 2020, that they wanted to change the way that season passes work for Disneyland and Disney World. And there had been sequential price hikes over the last decade that were larger than any uh, price hikes that had come previously for the entirety of the company's history. But after COVID and everything else started and there needed to be some amount of restructuring and how many people do we let into the park and all these other things, they decided that that was also the time to rework a lot of these things. And they launched what, what was called, you know, the, the keys to the kingdom passes. In essence, they did away with many of the traditional annual passes and local passes and discounts and things like that. And instead they broke it down into you know, these different keys to the kingdom. And the biggest premise of all of that was that the top tier key, you would be able to use it during the holidays. It had yep. no blackout dates and you would be able to reserve sooner. And it came with free parking and all these other things. And then lo and behold, the holidays came and it was time to get registered to go to the parks and these premium key holders couldn't get a spot but their kids who were too young to have an annual pass. And so they had to buy the day passes were able to get in just fine. And in fact, even some of the lower key holders were able to get in just fine, despite the fact that they were supposed to have more blackout dates and all these other things. It's a whole huge issue. 
And obviously I am mincing this terribly. So do not take this as my legal uh, analysis of the situation or anything else. <laughs> Um, but uh, Disney is currently embroiled in some uh, upset and uncomfort uh, as people are trying to engage in lawsuits and other things to get what they feel they are owed and what they were advertised and what they were paid for. Uh, at the same time, Disney also did away with fast passes mm -hmm. and uh, in its place launched lightning lane which is almost the same but not quite the same because now you pay for it and you pay for it by the ride and hand in hand with that they launched this new service that was supposed to revolutionize the way that you use the parks called disney genie and disney genie plus which is just an add-on service that you pay on top of the thing that they're already giving you to have access to more things but not all of the things because some of those things we still want you to pay by the ride it's a whole weirdness. Yes. Um, yeah. And it has been received terribly. The education piece has been awful to help people understand how to use it and what is going on. And as a result, that has cascaded into massive issues with its predictive algorithms around what people are going to be writing and how long lines are and how much padding they should add and all of these other things. To the point that, well, the genie's out of the bottle, it's uh, pretty crap. Um, uh, as a Disney fan for the majority of my life, uh, and especially having married into a family who have been Disney Vacation Club members since the 80s and who go every single year religiously, we've all agreed that we're not going this year for you know a lot of weird reasons a lot of things that have just traditionally been part of the package have been taken away despite the fact that prices have continued to rise um, a lot of the systems that were built over decades with the uh, guest experience in mind both in terms of time but also psychological burden have gone away including the way that FastPass was set up and um there's a lot of weirdness that still has to be resolved. Um, most notably, uh, Bob Chapek, the current CEO of Disney, was booed out of the park last year, uh, two weeks prior to D23, which is Disney's big expo shareholder annual announcements event. Uh, and he decided not to show up. Excuse me, the official story is uh, his schedule was too full to attend the most critical shareholder expo event of the year and announce all the new stuff. But I'll let you all make your own decisions on that front. What I can say though, is that in addition to all of the things that people have loved about the parks being messed with and not really well executed, there's another more critical thing to this show that is flopping hard. Oh man. Well, uh, tell me all about before it. Before we jump into that, there's another key component that's really got people uh, up in arms about Disney and that, that on high traffic days, you actually pay, pay a higher amount for your day pass than on low traffic days, almost mm -hmm. double or possibly close to triple, which is ridiculous. And not only in terms of ticket prices, but also those lightning, lightning lanes. Yep for the higher frequency rides um even some that you know the the ultimate plan is that on high frequency days lightning lanes that normally are included may actually be charged for yeah but we've seen huge fluctuations and by the way this is not like a buck or two 
Okay, Rise of the Resistance is like 30 bucks per person per lightning lane. Yep. Oh my god. That is insane. Um, and beyond that, the the whole premise of this thing is that theoretically what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to equalize waiting times more, right? It'll reduce the amount of time that people are waiting in standby because people who really want to get on the ride are going to pay for it and everybody else won't. The reality is, is that wait times across the board have gone up from everything that I've seen. And the lightning line service has been faulty and flawed on its own. So even paying to cut the line is not a guarantee that you're going to have a better experience. It just means you're paying more money to do the thing that you already came to do. And the original system they had was so good. I mean, if you knew how to use it, it worked your advantage. I mean, the last time I went, I went on every ride except for one ride. And the only reason I didn't get on that ride was because it was closed for maintenance. Otherwise, I hit every ride because I used the fast pass system. Uh, and the longest I waited was 10 minutes in line. And uh, so, so this new system just sounds like it's just a money grab and they, they don't know what they're doing. But let's go to the flopping because the yeah. flopping is fun. Because, oh man, there was another money grab that is near and dear to our hearts. Oh my gosh. That I'm so when excited. I very first saw it after I had been to Batu, I actually got excited and cried a little bit because I was like, this is something I want to do as somebody who, in fact, does not do the funny voices when I GM and has never dressed up for a role playing event or gone out to do LARPing or Do you even else. GM, bro? Jeez. <laughs> Barely. Um, but, uh, the star Wars galactic star cruiser was marketed as, and has continued to be marketed as this revolutionary two night or two day experience in uh, two night voyage, excuse me, in which you are going into the star Wars universe. You can dress up, you are playing a character, you are going on an adventure, you have story threads and things that happen and how you interact with everything that's happening on the ship determines your unique story. And everybody goes, Oh man, that sounds really, really awesome. Super awesome. And then at the D 23 expo event, you know, that really important shareholder event where they announce all the big things that are coming, uh, not last year, but the year before, they walk out on stage and the actor turns on a lightsaber and it's not just like a little LED tube that lights on in sequence, but it actually goes up and they say, when you go, you're going to be able to get one of these. And, and everybody loses their minds and they unveil all of the concept art and people are flying drones over the property and seeing them breaking ground and building out this gigantic building. COVID starts and everybody's like, is this going to be on hold? But they see that construction is continuing and the company announces, no, no, it's really important to us. It's coming. We still want to make it happen. They announced the pricing. The pricing is stupid expensive. Yes. But it's Star Wars and it's a limited event and it's a LARP event and you're going to get the cool lightsaber and you're going to get to do all the things. And so, you know, they open reservations and they immediately fill up and Bob Chapek immediately starts bragging to all of his shareholders and his friends on Twitter and everywhere else about how every available slot has been sold out. And, you know, all the people that doubted, you know, shame on you. Well, as it turns out, 90 days before the first group is set to arrive, oh, a marketing video drops. <laughs> and any of you who are super star wars fans have already seen this any of you who are major disney fans have probably already heard about this but if you haven't oh 
boy, it is cringy and awful. And they're showing video of the ship, but you're seeing like just plain drywall and things that are not very Star Warsy. And you go onto the bridge and it looks a little gamified Star Trekky. And you go into the lounge and it definitely looks <laughs> like 10 forward. Uh, and and, <laughs> and you get all these like little, ooh, this isn't quite right. Well, as it turns out, uh, the way that you pay for the Galactic Star Cruiser is uh, when you register, you are expected to put 20% down and you're expected to pay the remainder 90 days before your launch. Uh, this marketing video comes out 90 days before the first group. And what happens? <laughs> that perfectly full schedule all of a sudden starts getting holes within 24 hours. And as more people see the video, the holes start to get wider. And seven days after they, their huge marketing push, including going through major news outlets and magazines like Forbes, et cetera, where they distributed the, uh, the uncoded video to them, Disney sends out this mass request to all of these news outlets to take down the videos, take down the content. They remove everything from their marketing and social media channels. And uh, they assure everybody, oh, you know, we're just, you know, whatever, and try to brush it under the rug. But uh, if you go to the Disney World website right now and look up Galactic Star Cruiser, and, and you just look at the months April through June, let's just choose some random days, maybe May the 4th. It's a nice <laughs> day. It's the middle of the week, admittedly. But, you know, maybe I don't want to fight the crowds. And, you know, it's Galactic Star Cruiser. So, uh, no, May the 4th is one of the most critical days. And wouldn't you know it, the entire month of May, with the exception of four days, wide open. Mm. The entire month of April, with the exception of seven days, wide open. June still has some blockages because I think that there are some people that are willing to hold out and see what's going on or who haven't quite realized that they can cancel it 90 days out yet. But uh, if there is one day of the year that a Star Wars hotel should be impossible to get into, yeah, it's May the 4th. Darn and straight. For the week prior and the week, two weeks after and the week of, there's spots available. There's also rumors that the whole lightsaber thing that everybody's been so psyched about, you can't actually take home. They will only be given to actors. The lightsaber experience that was supposed to be this huge, realistic, you're going to go in and you're going to fight a training droid. Nope, it's, uh, it's pretty traditional arcade laser beams just with a retro reflector on a different lightsaber than the uh, one that they were showing off at the D23 Expo. Like, it's, it's getting... Yeah, it just, and, and every time Disney has opened their mouth since that point, fans have been outraged. They really aren't saying too much more about it because they don't want more people to cancel. That's me making my assumption, but uh, guys, it's, ooh, it's rough. Now uh, on the, on this whole conversation, um, <laughs> you can go over to YouTube right now. And there are certain channels that have information on the Galactic Star Cruiser. They have the promotional video that you were talking about. There is a channel called Star Wars Theory uh, that is one that I'm a personal fan of. What's really interesting is that both this channel, Star Wars Theory, and IGN, which is a very famous game review uh, 
company, right? Like they do, they do gaming, they do movies, they do, they're a nerd culture review company. IGN's very famous. They, IGN did a video two months ago on this topic and Star Wars Theory did their video one month ago. And Star Wars Theory has over twice as many views and they are not a few. Uh, there are 335,000 views on Star Wars Theory, uh, whereas it's 164 for IGN. But the point is that you can go to YouTube and you can watch these videos and you can see their breakdown, their critique, their reaction to all of this stuff. There's also a couple videos of people who have allegedly actually gone to check it out in person because they were invited by Disney to come promote this thing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm kind of, I'm a mixed bag here. And the reason I'm a mixed bag here is because on the one hand, uh, to your point, Elton, like I, I just September of last year, got to go to Batu for the first time. And I, I had a near emotional experience there. There were times I almost had just tears of joy in my eyes because my childhood was alive. It was real. It was tangible. And I spent copious hours in Batu, just doing all the little virtual activities and going to all the different shops. I loved it. When I heard about Galactic Star Cruiser, I thought, oh, well, they've already done Batu and they've already replicated it more than once. And it's a screaming success. This has got to be good. And, and then we hear all this news and this is all legitimate news and it's extremely disheartening and it's extremely disappointing. But the mix comes in with, I don't know about you. Well, actually, we do know about you guys. But for me personally, I thought the movie Solo was not as bad as social media painted it to be. I thought the movie Rogue One was not as bad as social media painted it to be. And yes, I'm one of the people who thinks that the new trilogy is not as bad as social media paints it to be. And so here we have a lot of social media information about this experience, but we ourselves have not experienced it. So I don't know what this experience is really like. To be very fair, though, you didn't pay $900 per guest per night to go see Stolo. Mm. That and, is absolutely and, true. And, mm. and therein lies kind of the, 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 the tricky thing to all of this is until people actually physically go and smuggle out their own video and whatever <laughs> else, which you know is going to happen, Oh, this is a very difficult thing to gauge. Yeah. But one thing that I think is very telling is that Disney still to this date, despite the fact that the hotel is finished, will not show interior images except for specifically curated areas. They are mm -hmm. still showing the concept art that they released two years ago. So the only way that we're really going to know is going to be to go. Yeah. And, and that would be amazing you know, for us to go and be able to experience ourselves and then report back. I mean, let you guys know our opinions, our thoughts. Uh, hopefully you value those. Um, I mean, it's, it's disheartening, really disheartening for me because, I mean, as a kid, I've always, I mean, I, I used to play, I had more lightsabers than I probably need as an <laughs> adult. But I remember being a kid and using everything I could find that looked like one. I mean, I used a broom, you know, it, in, you know, uh, Last Jedi at the very end where you see that kid hold the broom up. And I'm like, that was me. That was all of us. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, you know, broom handles were the perfect lightsaber. Every time. Um, 
if you found a wooden dowel, uh, if you found a straight enough tree branch. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times on kind of a foggy night and I turned on a flashlight and you saw the beam of light and you're like, all right, I got a lightsaber. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as adults, we have those. Uh, we actually have a lightsaber. But when they showed the one that ignited and came out, it was like, oh my gosh, that's the closest I'm ever going to get to what we have on the, the film. I will pay the extra money to get, to get yes. through the experience to get that. And then to hear, hmm, maybe not. Then it's like, what's the point? I can, I, I can role play Star Wars at, at the game table with friends and a, and a good GM. Uh, I can watch the movies. Uh, heck, uh, there, I, I did a virtual reality experience with The Void um, that was very lifelike in, in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you can probably find a bunch of LARPers at your local park that are all dressed up that are probably doing something just as good. I mean, you don't have the visuals, obviously, with We can play KOTOR for the 30th time. Yeah, I can play KOTOR for the 30th time or wait for the remake or play Fallen Order or any of these Star Wars games. But to... And honestly, if I were to walk in and it looked like 10 forward or star trek i'd be pissed i would be pissed as a star i'm I'm not a big fan of star of star trek nothing against people that love star trek no my parents are trekkies that's their thing but they're different star trek looks vastly different than star wars yes and if you're going to give me a cruiser that looks like star trek i'm not going to be happy and i think they realize that i think they cut corners and let's make it look like Star Trek. That's that's simpler. It's easier to make. And then people started probably saying, like I just said, no, that's not Star Wars. What do you what the crap? We've seen Star Cruisers. You look at the Star, you know, the Star Destroyers. They don't look like the Enterprise. They don't look like, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they don't look like yeah. Voyager. They don't look like they look like boy. Uh, yeah, I I I had to stop myself because I know all the different <laughs> starships. My, um, my other my other favorite video of all of this is, is some of the guests that are within the ninety day window who can now no longer uh, cancel have also started to receive their introduction videos of like, hey, here's <laughs> what you're going to experience. These <laughs> things you need to prep, right? <laughs> and uh, at like. I, oh man, I remember the nineties and I remember the green screen experiences yeah. that were there. And, yeah. and this is, this is it. And, you know, the barely disguised iPhone that's been flipped upside down to represent your mobile hollow emitter is. Whew. Well, and this is the sad thing. Disney has the money. We've seen yeah. Disney really invest in things. They've got a full size freaking millennium Falcon. On Batu, and they know that Star Wars is a sure bet. Let alone X wings and A wings and other things. They have people dressed up in legit Imperial armor of the First Mm -hmm. Order, and looks like Kylo Ren. You go in and fly the Falcon, and it really feels like it. It's a convincing experience. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I when I went with my kids, they were like, "Really? Do we have to do this?" I'm like, "Yes." Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> always wanted to fly the Millennium Falcon. I am here. This is happening. And you're coming. 
I mean, that's literally my speech to them. And they went and they're just like, really? And then we get in there. And of course, I'm like, I'm the pilot. I don't care what you guys are. I'm the pilot. (laughs) And like everyone, people online are looking at me and they're just kind of nodding their head like, "Uh uh-huh, I get you. We get in there and we get out. And legitimately, my kids are like, okay, that was cool. But only the way it could, in only the way like teenagers can. Yeah. And and these are kids that have been overexposed to Star Wars and uh, excitement about Star Wars. I'm their dad. Star Wars is just dad's obsession. Um, But that is the magic is when you have someone, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fight my way against whatever you throw at me. I'm going to get that lightsaber. I'm going to save the galaxy because. I have always wanted to do that. I have wanted to do that since I was a kid. I've seen Luke Skywalker do it. I've seen Han Solo do it. I've seen Lando Calrissian do it. You know, uh, the list can go on. I've seen that. I want to be that. And then here's this opportunity and they fail utterly and miserably, it sounds like. You know, we could we could do the green screen at home. I mean, come on. That's true. I mean, with the, the three of us and Scott, we could do it by ourselves. You know, we know enough, you know, 501st people and stuff like that. We could have them come over and we can make that experience. But it I'd wouldn't write be. the story matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But the sad thing is, is the failure of this. Well, now, so uh, I, hang so on. I, but again, we don't know if it truly is a failure. That one. And I, and I have a proposal for you two gentlemen. Okay. And right. for you dungeon crawlers who are listening right now, Ooh. Uh, I, I propose a friendly competition, but also a way to help us make this happen. Because like I said, for three adults, or excuse me, I, I'd even have to double check, but I, I'm pretty sure that three guests is $900 a person, right? And I think that's even just two adults and a kid. So it might be more than that, but it's like, it's going to be like six grand <laughs> when everything is said and done, flights and everything else. I would propose a friendly competition. Okay. I have some idea for some Dungeon Crawlers Radio swag, some stickers that I'd like to put together. I'd like to have a catchphrase from me, a catchphrase from Krebs, a catchphrase from Dan, something that people are going to be able to easily identify and the Dungeon Crawlers radio logo. And Dungeon Crawlers, this is where we would like your help. We want to set an explicit goal to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser and see how bad it actually is or whether it is something that can be redeemed. And we'd like to help, we'd like to ask for your help to get us there as quickly as possible. So the way that you can show support for the store or for the show is by going to the store at dungeoncrawlersradio.com. And you should be able to find four different sticker designs that are available. One of which is just the DCR logo, the classic logo. It may be getting some updates soon, but we really appreciate your support. We wanna make sure that that's available. Um, we wanna ship them anywhere in the United States uh, for six bucks a piece. If you wanna get all four, we wanna do combo pack at $20. Um, and again, we understand that it, we, we've tried very hard traditionally to not go out and beg or plead or (laughs) try to take away your hard-earned money, but we appreciate that you give us your time and attention. And we really feel that this is something that we'd love to do and we'd love to do as soon as possible, but we all have families and full-time jobs and things Mm -hmm. that make it a little difficult to just pull six grand out of the back pocket. 
So this is the way that you can show your support for this for the show. Get something really cool to slap onto your laptop or water bottle or bumper or whatever you feel is appropriate and help us produce a future episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Beyond that, I would love to add a wall of honor for that episode when it comes out for anybody who did support us along the way, just to say thank you and put something back into the world. Um, we're looking at some other options in terms of Patreon and things like that to help the show continue and grow because especially as we come through 2022, we think that there are going to be some really cool opportunities ahead of us. Uh, but go to dungeoncrawlersradio.com, check us out. There should be a link up, uh, hopefully by the time that this episode comes out. And if not, keep your eyes on social media because we will get that out as soon as it's available. Yeah. Um, but help us get there so that we can see it. We can say it. We're going to love it. And we're going to tell you whether it is actually worth your six grand and you can help us with $6. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as the longest reigning member of this show, uh, <laughs> this show has really been ran by the bootstraps. You know, every convention we've gone to, every really cool thing that we, we've been able to, to come by has been through our own personal money, our own, you know, when I've gone to Gen Con uh, or, or, you know, even with the older co-hosts, we paid for that out of our pockets. You know, when we went and interviewed those companies, we had to pay to get there. Um, it would be really awesome if we were able to get to those conventions in a different manner, whether that, you know, those conventions were bringing us there as guests and paying our way, stuff like that. But the reason that's the, the biggest reason we're doing this is one, we want to be able to give you an honest opinion, not just our opinion based on others' opinions. We want to experience it and tell you guys firsthand. So, you know, Disney is, you know, or someone from Disney that has the powers to be that would want to bring us out so that we could experience it as one true, honest star Wars fans. And two, as you know, the host of this podcast so that we could get news out there. We'd love to do that. You know, if, if we, if we don't need to pull money from our listeners, that'd be fantastic. I would love for to, to do that with Disney. That would be fantastic. Um, or even Lucas Films, you know, if they, they want to, um, because I would love to see this succeed. I really would. Uh, as Absolutely. a Star Wars fan, I yeah. want to see it succeed because I want kids, teenagers, other adults to have the same, you know, I want them to have a real life experience that I didn't get to have. You know, mine had to be a lot make believe, uh, which there was nothing wrong with that. But as an adult, I, I, I want that. And it would be fantastic. Even, you know, my youngest son to experience that on his own, I think would be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and for other kids and other adults, I think if we can get that, that would be amazing. So I'm hoping, you know, that we can, we can make that happen so that we can give you our opinions. And yet you know, we'll be honest. If it sucked, we're going to let you know it sucked, you know, there are many times where we're talking about things and we don't pull punches. I mean, most often we agree um, because we're very similar minded, but at the same time, when we don't agree, it's okay. We do it in a well, that's very right. well uh, mannered fashion. We're not calling names and we're not disagreeing and saying, well, you're an idiot for that. Well, most of the time, sometimes we, we call you that ruddy ginger, but that's... yes, you know, that's okay. <laughs> you could be talking about crabs for all I care. Uh, <laughs> um, but 
at the same time, I know that if we didn't like it, we would be constructively saying, well, this is the reason why we didn't like it. But hey, if they had done it this way, and maybe those same powers that be that brought us out would listen to that and maybe make those changes. Uh, you know, that's the one thing I, I've always tried to do is if I have a negative opinion or something, I, I try to come up with constructive criticism uh, for that. You know, especially when you're doing a review, um, it, it's very important. So uh, I'm getting long-winded, so I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> Elton, I love this idea. I love this idea of like a friendly competition um, and also just inviting the crawlers to take a, a proactive stance in supporting <laughs> the show. We yeah. love doing the show. We love supporting the show ourselves behind the scenes. But this would be an amazing opportunity for us to bring to you some original content that is only achievable via these means. I'm excited about this. I can't wait to win this competition against you two. You guys are great. Uh, and Crawlers, thank you for being awesome. We are looking forward to, uh, to checking out the Star Cruiser as soon as we possibly can. And I don't know about you, but my personal goal is I want to be there the week of May 4th. I want to be there on May 4th, if at all and, possible. And frankly, if it is absolutely amazing, I would love to come back and tell that to Dungeon Crawlers yes. and say, let's set a date to all be there. Oh Whether it gosh. can be a proper Star Wars day or not, we'll have a Dungeon Crawlers day. That would oh, be, that would be hot. So much fun. That yeah. would be amazing. You know, um, uh, as we've been talking, I, I officially know what Krebs's tagline on his sticker or mug or whatever it is. Yes, and, it's going to be. What is, is your stance on the 1983? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that's exactly maybe, what I was going to say. Maybe we'll have to do. Uh, multiple stickers for each of us i've already got and like three or four i want to make nice because because first off i don't think it would be fair if be epic don't suck was on a sticker because <laughs> let's be honest everybody's just gonna buy that but uh maybe we'll have a couple of different options and let people yeah i am absolutely doing that sticker but i have a few others in mind yeah all right <laughs> well folks again we've given you a lot of information tonight uh we're as you can see we're really excited even Though there, there is some discouraging things, we still want to be able to make something happen, see this, and be able to give you the, the honest information from our first-handed. Um, we're excited yes. about the, the new games that are coming up. Uh, we're a little disappointed with some of the changes at Disneyland, uh, as uh, you know. I believe all three of us are fans of Disneyland. I, I know I mm -hmm. am. I know Alton is. Um, and and I, we, as you just heard, Krebs has just recently been there, and he wept. Um, which is fair enough. I would weep seeing that giant, that wonderful falcon myself. Um, in fact, I may have. I know I wept when I built <laughs> my saber. Yes. Anyway, oh, yes. 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 So, with that said, we'll catch you next time. And dungeon crawlers, be hopeful for the future, but tell your story, whatever may come. And whether or not you're able to go to a galaxy far, far away, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.